a secret. No one knows. I'm over here. <laughs> I told I told Tanner if this didn't uh, <laughs> told him if it didn't work well, I was blaming it on him. I'm going, that was a stupid idea, Tanner. So <laughs> we're in a series, my secret, and uh, we're looking at secrets we keep, things we hide, or at least we think we hide. And the foundation for this series is found in Proverbs 28:13, and I'm, I'm hoping maybe you'll memorize this as we're working through this series, but let's read together. People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. The challenge of this series is that we stop hiding. We stop concealing. We, we stop living with a secret and kind of own up and, and confess to, to God and turn from that secret sin, whatever it is. And, and if we do, God promises that we'll find or we'll receive what? Mercy. And last week, my, my secret lie is what we talked about. You know, telling lies, believing lies, keeping lies, living a lie. And this week, our our topic is temptation. Temptation. Now, be honest, okay? I want you to raise your hand if you've ever been tempted. Go ahead. Just skip church. No, seriously. One one more time. You ever been tempted? Some of you are going, I've been tempted, but I'm tempted not to raise my hand after you did that. So, But... The fact is we all struggle with temptation. Every single one of us struggle with it. And our temptations may be different, but the fact is we are all tempted in some area. And it's not something that you outgrow. You will never be such a great Christian that that you stop struggling with temptation. It will always be an issue in some area of your life. And if you're going to be victorious over temptation, one of the things you have to do right out of the gate is admit that you're tempted. Admit it. If you can't admit it, then you need to listen to last week's sermon online, you know, because you're lying to yourself, you're lying to other people, and you're lying to God. But the starting point is you've got to admit that you are tempted and, and understand that. James said it this way. He says, no one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God. When you have that dark desire, whatever it is, to kind of go haywire, to push things to the limit, to go to the edge, maybe even jump at some point, you know, when you have that desire to to lie or lust or steal or or misuse power or rev up the, the envy engine in your life or maybe jump into the, the pool of pleasure, when you have that dark desire to do whatever, okay, I want you to fill in the blank. Don't say it out loud, but fill in the blank, whatever it is, that secret. When you have that desire to step over the line, James says there's one thing you can't do. You cannot point the finger and go, shh, I got a secret. It's God's fault. See, Scripture says, for God cannot 
be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. No one. We can't blame God. I mean, God will test us. That's how he makes us strong. That's how we mature as Christians. But God never tempts us. So you may be going, well, Damon, you know, who tempts us then? The evil one. And I know as I say that, you know, the word Satan or the devil rolls off my tongue. People go, oh, wait a minute. You're not suggesting the devil, are you? I mean, you're an educated guy. You're an analytic type. I've heard you say that, and I thought you were smart. But do you believe that the evil one wreaks havoc in this world? You mean to tell me you buy that? Yeah, I do. I mean, how, how else do you explain things like 60 million people being, being slaughtered in the past century due to ethnic or, or border disputes? How do you explain that there are 4.2 million pornographic websites? The porn industry generates $56 billion annually. That's more revenues than NBC, ABC, CBS combined. I mean, how do you explain that every 60 seconds someone is murdered, every 35 seconds a child's molested, every two seconds someone steals, every two minutes someone's raped? I mean, how do you explain that? Damaged chromosomes? A flawed education system? Bad parenting? And you know what I say to that? You're not that shallow, are you? We're talking about Satan, the evil one. He, he wants to take you out. He wants to take me out. So when you're tempted, don't blame God, don't blame others. And you need to understand some stuff about temptation. I mean, one is temptation's drawing. You know, it's kind of, over here. And whenever you're tempted, whatever it is that you're tempted with, what's it do? It draws you. It pulls you. I mean, when you sense that sinister pull, you know what we do when you sense that? You feel that that gravitation toward whatever. We don't want to call it sin. We don't want to own up. We don't want to tell the truth about the condition and what's going on inside us. And as we are being drawn toward whatever, do you know what we do? We draw a different picture. You know, we begin to face whatever the temptation, and I want you to think specifically about your temptation, whatever it is. And when you're being drawn toward that, when you're facing that temptation, and you want to go behind the blinds, you start drawing. Because you want a prettier picture. And we do things like we get out our pen and we start drawing and we go, well, everybody else is doing it. What's the big deal? We feel the draw and we're going, if no one finds out, no one gets hurt. It's okay. Maybe you draw this one. Who says it's wrong? It doesn't feel wrong. I deserve this. I'm just making things right with a few wrongs. You know, 
sometimes we start drawing and we go, well, nobody else ever felt like this. No one's ever experienced this kind of temptation. I mean, nobody. It just is pulling me and it's powerful and I can't get away from it. I can't resist. It's hopeless. What was I to do? Ever had a conversation like that? You feel that pull. And it's more about drawing a picture of sin that's prettier, to make it palatable, you know, to shift the blame, to justify our actions, to rationalize our our conduct, to diminish our our guilt. Uh, It's about all that stuff instead of trying to overcome the temptation. I mean, it's so human to, to try and make excuses. Corinthians says this, no temptation overtakes you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful and will not let you be tempted, what? Beyond your strength. He will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. How many truck guys do we have here? I should say truck girls too, but uh, guys tend to, how many of you got trucks? All right, how many of you would say, hey, I'm a truck guy, you know? I mean, truck guys are a special breed. I don't fit in. I had a truck one time, and I didn't want scratches in the bed, and I I decided I had to get rid of the truck because I just didn't fit, you know? But truck guys, when when you ask them, you go, what kind of truck you got? They, they may tell you, they may go, well, i got a Ford, Chevy, Toyota, whatever. But a real truck guy will tell you the answer to that question is, well, I've got a one ton, I've got a three-fourths ton, I've got a half ton. You know, it's what the manufacturer says that the frame of that truck can handle. Now, I want you to keep that in mind, and I want to look at the, what the psalmist writes. David writes in uh, Psalms 139.15, he says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. I mean, what's he driving at? He's saying, God, you know my frame. You know how I'm built. God knows your frame. He knows my frame. He knows how much temptation, how much load we can handle on our frame. You know, how much you can handle in your life and I can handle in my life. And God says, you know what? I will never allow you to take on more than your frame can handle. And then goes on and says, I'll give you a way out as well. I'll give you a way to escape. I'll give you a way, a freeway, so to speak, out of there. But friends, you will not find that out if, if you're thinking, hey, one day, One day I'll just overcome this. I'll just become really strong. I'll be able to deal with it. You know, I'll have enough power or willpower, and I'll just walk away one day. Friends, you will not do that on your own. You just won't. I mean, think about your particular temptation, okay? We've all got it. Think about that. And then let me ask you something. That, that thing that you really battle with, how long have you been battling it? You know, how many times have you walked away from it? Or how many times have you fallen? Let me ask the question, kind of like Dr. Phil. How's that working for you, you know? 
willpower, I, I love willpower, but willpower will not see you through. It will fail you. It may work in some circumstances, but we need something more. We need God's wisdom. We need God's discernment. And most of all, we need God's power in the midst of that. God will never put you under so much stress, so much temptation that you can't handle it. He will always give you a way out. And the fact is we all deal with different temptations. What's a battle for you may not be a battle for me. And what is a battle for me, you may look at and go, well, that's not a big deal. But the fact is, again, I want you to think about your temptation, whatever it is, that thing that can turn you sideways, and answer just some questions for yourself, because these are really good questions that help equip you for dealing with whatever the temptation is. First of all, when? When am I most tempted? You know, you need to analyze that. You know, when, where, where am I tempted? You know, where am I tempted the most in, in my life? You know, who? Who am I with when I'm tempted? What, what's the temporary benefit if I give in to the temptation and go behind the blinds? And how do you feel? You know, what's going on in your life right before you jump in and are tempted. See, temptation, temptation's customized for us. You know, the, the, we are all more vulnerable sometimes, certain seasons of life, certain points uh, of our life. We're, we're more susceptible to, to things. Uh, certain places, we're more susceptible more apt to cross the line when we're with certain people. Uh, the evil one dials into that, friends. He dials in to your weakness. He, he understands that weakness, and he customizes the temptation for you. you know, some of you know I've shared before, I, lo- I love to fish when I go to the Florida Keys. And I usually do not catch a fish by just throwing a hook in the water. I mean, if... Fish are in a frenzy. They might go for the hook. But basically, you use particular bait in a particular area at a particular time for a particular fish. And there are a lot of factors that you consider. How many fishermen we got? I mean, all kinds of things, isn't it? You you consider the depth, the season, the time of day, weather conditions. And the evil one, he's a master at this. He's a master angler. He knows where you're weak. He knows when you are the most susceptible to take the bait. All the years I've been fishing, uh, I've caught a lot of bullnose dolphin. Don't get upset. It's not flipper. It's uh, mahi-mahi, they call it. But down in the Keys, you use ballyhoo. And according to what the season is, according to what the weather's been, you may run it naked, you may run it with a skirt on it, kind of like a hula hoop on the little fish. But what's interesting is dolphin will get anywhere from about 10 to 80 pounds. And they bite on a one-ounce ballyhoo. It is customized to get the dolphin. You know, dolphins are cruising in the water, enjoying whatever dolphins think. Everything's going great. And suddenly, 
Ballyhoo goes by. The dolphin zeroes in in their history. James says this, but one is tempted by one's own desires, being lured and enticed by it. It's individualized. It's customized. And and hear this. Temptation is not an event. It is a process in our lives. You know, there's an expression, uh, fishermen will say, you got to match the hatch. In other words, you got to match what fish are feeding on. You know, when, I, when I'm down in the Keys, I'm fishing. If I want to go for redfish, I'll go over in the glades and go fishing. You use shrimp or you, you'll tie a fly that looks like a shrimp. If you're going for tarpon uh, near the shore, use like uh, blue crab or eel. But the fact is, you use the right bait for the right fish, fish will bite. They will bite. And the evil one, the evil one's sitting back and he's matching the hatch in your life. He knows where you're weak. He gets you. He understands you. And get this, he is patient. He's willing to wait. See, temptation isn't the issue. That's not the problem. Because we're all tempted. That's not a sin to be tempted. It it absolutely is not the problem. Not a sin. For you to be tempted. But the sin is when you use your God-given desire to take the bait. To give in to the temptation. And I want to be clear because sometimes we hear the word desire and we go, ooh, that's evil. No, God is pro-desire. God is for you having desires. He designed you that way. He created you that way. He has given us the desires in our life. And that's a great thing when we use it within God's confines. You know, if you didn't have desire, for instance, if you didn't have a desire to eat or drink, what would happen? You'd die. You know, if you didn't have the desire to rest and sleep, you'd wear out. If we didn't have the desire to procreate, I wouldn't be here today. Desires are good. They're a good thing, but we must use our desires in a God-honoring way in our lives. But one is tempted by one's own desires, being lured and enticed by it. That that idea of lured and, and enticed in the Greek, it's really pushing at the idea of luring the fish from cover, getting them out in the open, getting them to take the bait. And... It's about enticing, matching the hatch, something that they want. And the evil one, friends, is customizing a lure for you. He's creating a lure that has your name written all over it, that has my name written all over it. And he knows where you're vulnerable. Could be any type of lure. Could be any type of temptation. But great lures, they disguise the hook. In other words, they make it look really, really sweet. You know, what kind of lure is Satan customizing for you? Where are you the most vulnerable in your life? You know, is it self-centeredness? Is it lust? Is it, you know, cutting corners, shading the truth, rage? What, what is it? What is the thing? Because 
I don't know what he's designing for you. But trust me, it is designed for you. He has been doing this since the beginning of history, beginning of time, since the garden. And get this, he is seriously good at it. The evil one is casting, and he's waiting. He's waiting. And he's casting, and he's waiting for you to take the bait. And here's what happens when when he casts that lure out. He gets your attention. And then he kind of does a Pixar kind of a thing because the lure starts talking. Hey. Psst, over here. Hey, take the bait. Come on. Come back here. You'd be a real man, real woman. Just take the lure. No one will know. Just be us. You deserve it. Take the lure. God's holding out on you. There's not a hook in this. Just take it. Go ahead. Just go ahead and take it. Take the lure. I want you to take it. And friends, he'll keep doing that over and over and over and over and over. And here's the thing. Why do we take the bait? Why do we take the bait? You know why? Because we believe the lie. We believe the lies. You know, we, we want action now. You know, we want pleasure now. We want fulfillment now. I want what I want now. And friends, we don't see the hook. We don't see the consequences. And we don't see the problems that it's going to create in our lives. See, it's disguised. It's disguised. You know, back to the lure. When, when, when I'm fishing for dolphin, we've got the ballyhoo out there. The dolphin sees it. And it lures him. It entices him. And at some point, he doesn't even think about it, and he takes it. He takes it. And James, James, he's been talking about being lured, and then he does this really strange thing. He shifts gears and says, okay, enough with that. Let's talk about getting pregnant in life. He writes in James 1, 15, Then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And that sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. That's how he works. I mean, here's the deal about sin. Sin trips us up every time. There are always consequences. Shh. Nobody will know. But there are always consequences. And a lot of us start living behind the blind, hanging out back there. Some of you right now, you're back there. And sin... It's a baby. It's an infant. It's not grown up yet. It's small. And some of you, as I'm talking, you're going, well, Damon, it's not a problem. I mean, I know I'm living a lie, but, you know, so I, so I lie a little bit. You know, so I'm shaving the books a little bit. So I'm cheating. So I'm in the pleasure pool. I mean, what's the problem? Nobody's getting hurt. Everything's Okay. You know, i got money, I'm enjoying life, life's good. And friends, all i got to say is just wait. 
just wait. Because every time it grows up. You know, every time I've been fishing, you uh, see the fish and it goes for the lure. And it's about to get hooked and it has no clue what's about to happen. And then it feels that pressure of the hook. It's like, oh, something's wrong. And then it feels the sting. And friends, I don't care if it's a little three-ounce fish or it's an 80-pound fish. When it feels the sting of that hook, it goes nuts. It starts jumping. It starts thrashing. But friends, it's too late. It's too late. And what's interesting, when you get them in the boat or you get them to the shore and they're, they're laying up there, what are they doing? They're, they're flopping around. They're fighting. They're, they're thrashing. But the fact is they're history at that point. And when we feel the hook, oh, we start thrashing, all right. We jump around. We hurt our spouse, we hurt our kids, we, we hurt our, our parents or a coworker or a boss or our employees or our friends. Desire gives birth to sin. And as I'm talking, I know. I mean, some of you are going, Damon, I am so being lured. I'm trying to fight it but I don't know how much more I can hold out. Others, you're going, I've taken the lure. I mean, I'm hooked. I I am so in trouble right now. And then there's some of you who would go, it's worse than that. I've been hooked. And not only did I go for that lure and get hooked, but I've been mounted on the evil one's wall. And everybody's watching. And everybody knows. Friends, you have to take a step. It doesn't matter which of those situations. We're all in one of those. Trust me. But the key to breaking free, we're back to our scripture, confess and turn. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Friends, you have to go to God and just say, you know what, God? I've taken the hook. You know, I bought into Satan's lines, his his lies. You know, I'm sinking in a sea of sin. You know, that's the hook, line, and sinker prayer, all right? And it's a good one to know because we've all been there. You know, but confess to God. Just be specific with God. You know, say, God, I've been stealing. God, I've been using again. God, I've been carrying on an affair. God, I've been lying. God, I've been going to places that I know I shouldn't. And just be honest. God can handle it. God can handle it. God can handle it. And besides, God already knows. God already knows. But God says, you know what? I promise you. If you confess, you will find mercy, but you've also got to turn. You've got to turn from whatever it is. You need help in that. You will not make it on your own. And there are a couple things you can do 
to overcome temptation. You know, while you're praying and confessing, whatever it is, ask God to help you too. You know, talk to God about whatever it is. Say, here's what I'm struggling with. And this is what's happening. This is what's going on in my head. And this is where I need your help with things. You know, Psalms 50, 15, God says, then call on me when you're in trouble. And what? I'll rescue you. And you will give me glory. God says, I will rescue you. When you're being tempted, friends, ask God. You you can take that one. That is in writing. God says, you can count on it. And when you're being tempted, don't focus on the lure. Don't focus on the temptation. Shift your attention to something else. Because whatever gets your attention in life gets you. How many of you have ever been on a diet? You see the cookie, don't eat the cookies, don't eat the cookies, don't eat the cookies, don't eat the cookies, don't eat the cookies. Wow, those cookies are really good. (sighs) Shouldn't have eaten them. Right? When you're driving down the highway, you ever do this? You're looking off to the side, paying attention to something else. What happens? You just naturally start drifting that direction. When temptation hits, you have to divert your attention from whatever it is. When when that thought hits, and that's where all temptation starts, it's in our head, you've got to change the thought. You've got to change the process. Paul wrote, and he says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And friends, that takes practice. That takes practice. You cannot control every situation in your life. You can take steps to avoid situations where you're likely to be tempted. You can take steps to stay away from places where you're likely to be tempted. You can do all that stuff, and you should. But sometimes you just find that you're being tempted in your life. And when that situation hits, the one thing that we can control is what we choose to think about, what we choose to focus on. Some of you are probably going, well, doesn't the Bible say you're supposed to resist temptation? No. Nowhere in the Bible. It doesn't exist. The Bible says we're to resist Satan. But it doesn't say anything about resisting temptation because the way you overcome temptation is not by resisting it, but by focusing on something else, changing where our minds are. You know, Jesus did this when he was tempted the three times out in the desert. You know, Satan's tempting him. And Jesus didn't go with each temptation. Resist the temptation. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about that thing. No, Jesus just turned his attention to the word of God. He absorbed the word of God. He says, I'm not even going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on God. See, you don't resist by by arguing. Trust me, do not argue with Satan. He will always beat you. He will always win. He will outsmart you. When you feel the temptation, you just got to run and focus your attention elsewhere. Focus on God. You ever notice the more you fight a feeling 
the more it controls you. But if you turn your attention, you ignore, you focus on something else, what happens is it weakens. And then you also need to get an accountability partner. The reason why so many people fall time and time and time again and they keep falling and they keep falling is they're not willing to do this. They're not willing to do this. There are some struggles in life that you need help. You cannot do it alone. And even with God's power, you need someone up alongside of you. Ecclesiastes says two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls... The other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is what? History. History. Now James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, Now hear me. You do not have to broadcast to the world. You find one person that loves you unconditionally. One person that you can lay it all out and ask them to hold you accountable. You know, someone that you can ask to pray for you on a regular basis. Someone that will encourage you on a regular basis. You know, someone that will just be in your corner. And friends, there is something powerful. There is something powerful going from this kind of living to, you know what, I'm out in the open. With just one person, it's empowering. If you can't take that step, I can tell you two things about your life right now. One, whatever that thing is that you struggle with, it is out of control. And the second thing, it is controlling you. It owns you. Your history. Just confess to someone who will hold you accountable in your life. Here's what I know. If you're willing, if you're willing to confess to God, come clean with God, take that step and and turn from whatever it is and ask God to help you along the way. If you're willing to take that step in your life, If you're willing when you're first being tempted to to change your focus, you know, focus on God, focus on God's word, focus on something else, channel your energies elsewhere. If you're willing to get an accountability partner, here's what you find. I've seen it over and over. I've experienced it in, in my own life. And that is little by little, By little, by little, you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And temptation, the lure, whatever it is, gets weaker and weaker and weaker. James writes and says, Blessed, blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. What are you dealing with right now? What kind of temptation? You know, what kind of sin? What what kind of lures are being used? Because you know what? God says just confess 
and turn. Shh. I got a secret. No one knows. What's your secret? Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we all have secrets. Every single one of us. God, I don't know what secret each of us carry, but God, we lift those up to you right now. I know there are brothers and sisters that they're so tired of living in secrecy. They're so tired of having the hook. They're tired of playing the games. God, I pray that we just confess those things to you right now, that we just lift those up. God, I pray that um, we'd make a practice of talking to you every day about it. God, I pray you'd bring a brother or sister alongside that we just have the guts to put it all out there. God, you promise that if we just confess and turn that we'll find mercy. God, I know there are people here today that want mercy. And I pray you'd give it, that they would feel it, that it would empower them to live life not in secret, but with integrity. God, we give you the praise, we give you the honor this day and every day. God's people said,